0: You know what I listened to all day today?
1: Um, Cowboy Bebop. Cartoonist Kayfabe. Oh, nice. They've been doing good stuff.
0: They are reading the deposition of Neil Gaiman in the Gaiman versus McFarlane lawsuit. Because mm. Gaiman created Angela and then McFarlane right. made a trillion dollars off of her. Mm-hmm. And so Ed is playing an attorney and Jim is playing Neil Gaiman and they're just reading this really dry court document back and forth and it's fucking amazing
1: dude that is exactly what I love about them like they're like this is not what the general public wants but it is what (laughs) some very specific people want and I am one of those people to a perfectly acceptable podcast the pacific northwest comic show <laughs> 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 it is a comic book show it's a podcast that we do out of the comics place in bellingham washington's three buddies who run a comic shop together we get together every week to talk about the comics that came out that week that we liked uh, but mostly we just like to engage in a variety of tangents either related to or unrelated <laughs> to the comics that we read. The comic shop we run or the comings and goings of our lives. Felt good to say that. I'm Jeff.
2: I'm Django. I'm Roman. If I were to have
1: to post a classified ad in the newspaper, I would for this, I would say classified as ads. Classifieds. Wanted. Two buxom boys ready for adventure to record... Uh, comedy and comic book podcast. And in my wildest dreams, I don't think I could be lucky enough to have two people apply for that wanted ad that would be as talented and delightful to be around as the two of you. Thank you for joining me this week.
0: Oh, I think you could find two better people. Hmm.
1: Uh, happy episode 249 from Will <laughs> Elmer. <laughs> 249 is an odd composite number. It is composed of two distinct prime numbers multiplied together and has a total of four divisors. I love math. Speaking of divisive odd composites, this week we saw our dead friend Django create a masterpiece of an image when he superimposed Fabio and Yanni onto the cover of an old Hardy Boys book. <laughs> our dead friend Django? Maybe he meant to say dear Which led me to wonder and has naturally led us To my question of the week Which two comic book characters you would love to see Inserted into a Hardy Boys style Young adult mystery book And why Please anticipate that Tom Hanks will be revealed At some point as the main villain of the book Hanks for all the laughs will (laughs) P.S. If Bustin makes you feel good Go see Ghostbusters (laughs) Afterlife It's wonderful Ghostbusters indeed you pervert Um (laughs) That is a very good question. Which superheroes would we want to see in a Hardy Boys thing? And it can't be just blue and gold because you want to see blue and gold. Okay.
0: Oh, can it be Batman and Batman Beyond?
1: Okay. So Django's answer was that. What's yours, Roman?
2: Um, Ambush Bug and Lobo wow fuck that I was you showed a lot of respect
1: you showed a lot of respect to will with your the
2: seriousness <laughs> with which you took his question right there
1: i don't know whatever stops this what do we say all
2: the time <laughs> the ambush and lobo i, I cool. love ambush bug and it'd be funny to see him torturing lobo yeah yeah um i would read the shit out of that i would <laughs> like I think, it
0: if, would ha- I think they'd have to be a lot younger though so like john and damien
2: I guess, but you know, Lobo is always regenerating, so you just kill him and have him regenerate. So he's like a teenager and ambush Little bug. Lobo? Yeah, an ambush bug. You don't know how old he is because he never takes off his his costume <laughs> or his mask. It's, it's a costume. I thought he was a bug. He's a guy. Erwin Schwab. Erwin Schwab. I think it's his name. Jeez Louise. Yep.
1: <laughs> Mine, the the one that comes to mind that I want to read the best would be uh, Doctor Doom and Kang solving mm. mysteries together, like solving that Christopher mysteries. Cantwell. Dr. like doom that Kang series,
2: series. <laughs> is <laughs> or, dr yeah. doom in
1: that one because in the dr doom well he's, would he's in it and they would oh buddy, right you know. yeah
2: yeah right he's in this one occasionally I, I really like the interplay
1: between those two characters but i'd also really like to see them as high school versions of themselves solving mysteries with flashlights that'd be good and maybe having a little sexual tension as well
0: I would love to see bruce wayne in in high school like not not a high school version of batman but you've just actually... described year
1: one <laughs> no because he's like you're right fuck i just 24, want 24
0: 25 right yeah. 20 he just got held back a lot yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do you do you think that bruce wayne was good at school no okay um uh, we're gonna talk about some comic books this week <laughs> that's what we're doing we're doing, we're get doing
0: into. this is the no but week right
1: um, oh, yeah, so we talked so about- we're going to be talking about some comics this week And they are Superman, Son of Kal-El Number 5, Primordial Number 3, Robins Number 1, Happy Hour in America Number 2, Radio Apocalypse Number 1, we're also going to talk about Supergirl Number 5 That one might be in a different spot than where <clears> I, just <throat> I just said it So that's your wild card of the week So watch out for it Let me tell you that it's going to show up somewhere <laughs> <laughs> Um, but before we get into that, a cool thing came out this week that I've been actually thinking about since I was 12 years old, which is 20 <laughs> years now. And it is that a live action adaptation of the anime Cowboy Bebop was released? And I didn't know going into this if it was an adaptation or a continuation or a retelling of. I know more of that now. I've only watched two episodes, oh. but it's one of my favorite anime of all time. One of my like at a, when I was 12, I saw it on. Adult Swim and it just like one of the things that contributed to my deep lifelong love of anime um, and there's never been a sequel to it. It's only 24 or 26 episodes. <laughs> I just think it's one of it's, it's highly, highly regarded in the world of fiction uh, kind of like Akira. So I love it. Django, I've tried to get you to watch it before. You're just not hugely into anime and animated things in general. And you, I think you gave it a pretty solid college try when you were watched the anime, but didn't end up sticking with it. So I've been very excited yeah. to hear your thoughts on this show. Where are you at? How much have you watched? What's going on?
0: Yeah, so I watched two or three episodes of the cartoon and I, I liked it, but I felt like I got it. I got enough. I got enough. I had enough. I didn't need more. Um, and like you said, it's animation, not anime that turns me off. It's like the broader thing. It's gotta be something very specific for me to get into animation. Um, but I watched four episodes of the live action one this week and it is the, the way that they assemble the episodes and the way that the action is, is done. And the storytelling all feels like, I think what other people see in cartoons
1: It's so weird to me how much it feels like a live action anime. Like it's a, it's a, which I, I couldn't, I was trying to, you know, talk to Sean about it and he was like, yeah, I think the closest that comes to it is like the live action tick show. And I was like, yeah, it's still pretty different, but I guess there's a kind of similarity in the like cartoonish realism. Like it's not, they can't be up things, not overtly cartoonish, but like the way cameras exist in the Mm -hmm. way shots are composed and people move and some of the humor, like it's not like, Oh, we're trying to make a gritty serious cowboy bebop live action thing. It's like, we're trying to make a live action animated. It was just a very interesting execution from that perspective.
0: Yeah. And it's not like, I don't know when you see 300 or sin city, it's like a transliteration of a comic book. And this feels like they took live action tools and anime aesthetic Mm -hmm. like from all perspectives like storytelling and visuals and kind of really just made a live action anime it's i'm I'm super impressed with it
1: what is interesting to me is that like episode one is mostly an extended retelling of episode one of the anime with some elements of episode three and then Mm -hmm. episode two is like got some episode four or something in it. Like it's, it's, they're retelling almost shot for shot. The first episode, like that's awesome. Is it? I I don't know. I was like, it seems like, Mm -hmm. I guess I assumed they were going to be telling very different stories or very different, like kind of retelling of how these characters would get together and stuff. Part of me wonders, like if you're going to make a live action version, make it its own thing. But I guess I could also totally see them being like, this is the proof of concept. It can be done. I don't dislike it. I just it sort of it was sort of surprised me.
0: I guess if you're if you're gonna do something with source material that is precious to people, mm-hmm. I think you can do it a couple of different ways. You could do it like Walking Dead style, which is just a very straightforward television show that takes from the, the comic book and changes enough things to keep comic fans interested. Um, or you could do this, which is a sounds like a pretty straightforward retelling of the original story but done in a very interesting way mm-hmm. if that makes sense like the the camera angles and the the, the way that they're showing us this story is the interesting thing rather than the story being the interesting thing from a from a comparison perspective
1: and one of the interesting things to me is how much it feels like you know the same shots as anime and composure of anime so but you are liking it
0: i am the the weirdness seems to dial down after the first episode i thought okay like the second episode isn't quite as as gonzo um yeah angles and and yeah. and stuff but i i like it a lot and i really like the woman who is kind of playing their foil
1: Faye. Um Faye, yeah she's great yeah, she's i mean awesome. sorry the character is awesome yeah um gosh okay well i'm glad to hear that you're digging it django that is awesome mm-hmm. i've got a lot of baggage around it in positive and negative ways so i was looking i think it's <laughs> unique to find somebody Who's watching it? Who isn't familiar really with the anime? So
0: I think we're going to end up with a lot of that. I think it's I think it's a big hit for Netflix. Is it? Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be turned
2: on to Cowboy Bebop. Wow,
1: good. Where- I hope so because the anime is so fucking cool. Roman,
2: where does the uh, Cowboy Bebop animated movie fit in with everything?
1: Between episode like I think twenty four and twenty five of the anime, it oh. sort of slides really nicely huh. between two episodes of the the original series although the first opening scene of this show is basically the exact same as the opening scene of the movie
2: <laughs> oh that's my only experience of cowboy bebop is is the movie the movie yeah it the movie is like
1: a bad
2: episode of the show uh, yeah it i got admit, i got to admit good. yeah i wasn't i wasn't all that impressed i kind of no. felt like jago did where i where i was like oh okay well i don't need any more of that but yep it was exactly. entertaining
1: <laughs> i would say it does take five episodes of the anime to get through it, which is a fifth of the show, but there's a bunch of like crime syndicate stuff that really boils in into the fifth episode. It does feel very like a thing Django would like to me though, this show, because it leans a little bit more into the noir than the cartoon does. And yeah, it's got some, it's got some
0: great noir stuff. Like you're only two episodes in. I'm yeah, I'm four and it's there's stuff that they're doing in there that is just like perfect homages to crime noir movies. But there
1: is a ton of crime noir in the in the anime. I do th- yeah. I will always try and get you to watch more of that show because it is it is very, very great. I think you would show. love it too. Um the I think the first ish episode of the anime is one of the most perfect like first episodes of a television show. It's just like 20 minutes captures the tone and feel of a thing so well. So I was I was glad to see that they Reused that story. What do you think? Should we get into this with one of the biggest comic releases in the last recent chunk of time? Superman Son of Kal-El by Tom Taylor with art by John Timms. Hi-Fi Colors.
0: Hi-Fi Colors.
1: High-flying Colors. This is the, episode, the issue that had been advertised oh gosh, like a month and a half ago, that then caused all of our Superman Son of Kal-El issues to sell out. Fortunately, we (laughs) had quite a few of them. Um, But this is Tom Taylor's run on Superman. This is the one where Superman kisses his male friend, whose name I forget right now. But there's a couple covers showing the romance. It was Superman's first male kiss, and the media went pretty wild with it.
0: Yeah. And the rest of the story was pretty good too.
1: Yeah, pretty good is how I would describe this series so far as a whole. Like I love Tom Taylor. I want to like this one a little bit more than I do because it's I think kind of the weakest of the current because he's got like three or four books coming out right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's partially in part due to like the art isn't stupendous. It's fine, but it's like pretty muscular angled 90s kind of DC house style. And it's... It's. I feel like it's been a couple of issues since we were spending time with characters and really feeling motivations and directions and causes for things. I feel like these last two issues of this story have moved pretty quick and mm-hmm. are kind of uh, pulling me along with it rather than me feel like it's organically going in the direction it is, particularly like with the villain stuff and the bad guys showing up. And that that's the part that I would sort of be like, oh, right. Yeah, there's like a group and they're shuffling them up with superpowers and throwing them in <laughs> it or something.
0: I mean the 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 superman part of the plot is basically it's basically uh all-star superman right like he's been poisoned with sun radiation and his powers are getting kind of frisky is that what's going on here isn't that isn't that why he's
1: oh at the very end here so
0: much no, oh like the whole the whole reason he's running around the world trying to do yeah sorry in this everything. issue, one
1: of the people he's trying to save is like a giant sun that exploded so he got overcharged with power a bit and he had to work through that yeah yeah, kind of amplified his stuff because he was so close to a sun ray. But yeah, like the villains—that's you know that sun guy—is one of a couple people who's been shown up to have superpowers that are sort of being forced to be out of control or triggered by stress. Mm -hmm. And that kind of thread is something I've been, it's a little bit harder to find, but I, again, I'm more interested in the personal stuff anyway. So I did, I thought the moment that they had leading up to that moment was pretty sweet and it was very believable.
0: A lot of people wearing uh, masks in here too.
1: Yeah. But some of it looks like it was last minute Photoshopped on was the feeling. I I don't know. There's some pages particularly felt like, oh, that doesn't bend at all with the face. Like that looks like. Dude.
0: Do you think, do you think artists take a pay cut when they don't have to draw Two thirds of every face.
1: I should hope not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I I thought that the the kiss scene was was pretty solid. Um, yeah, it felt it felt like it made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that he kind of had to fly away almost immediately. Um, just like that's that's a good cliffhanger.
1: Yeah, it is, I, and I think that you know romantic. Things that are really highly publicized can oftentimes feel heavy-handed for any number of reasons for whatever mm-hmm. the motivation behind the the romances that can feel forced are and this one didn't it felt like oh i could totally see how like you guys are good buddies and like oh there's a romance here and it made me you know be like oh yeah gosh i should kiss roman more
0: his name's jay yes, you
1: should yeah it is roman's name's not jay oh shit no okay. my name's roman
0: john's boyfriend's name is jay well they're not officially dating
1: we don't know right. we don't john's
0: put... d- the dude that john kissed's name is jay and it's said one time in this whole issue as far as i can tell
1: yeah he's been in you know obviously yeah. like four of the five of these are probably in all of them at just varying amounts but yeah they that's there hasn't weird. been a ton of build-up for him like he's he's not remarkably memorable yeah
2: no yeah and that's that's my only problem with the character is I mean, he has superpowers himself, and there's some kind of mystery about him, but I just don't find him very interesting.
1: I'm with you there. Like, he's not very interesting. I it, it, And again, it's like the superheroic portions of this book are kind of out of place for what is ultimately like a character-based romance thing that's been going on. And I, I do think that, like, the compassion he demonstrates for, you know, John is... is I can see it, it doesn't feel disingenuine is to me like it, but it doesn't feel like the character is super well-written to be interesting at this point, but think I think he's
0: also... going to turn into a bad guy. I, I think so too.
2: I don't trust him. Oh my
0: God. That would
2: be
1: heartbreaking <laughs> for John, but probably a big growth opportunity. What
2: do you all give this book? Um, give it a seven
0: and a half.
2: 7.5. Yeah, I think that's where I am at it would get more if there was a different artist i just i've said it before for this title i just don't like the art i did like the superheroic stuff i love superman running around be it junior or senior running around doing amazing super feats and little human moments while he's doing it
0: i love the way he lifts that bridge just like his dad would defying Mm -hmm. all laws of
1: (laughs) structural integrity
0: keeping the bridge together with the cars on it in the middle of the air
1: (laughs) yeah and and i want to clarify i do think all of I think John being Superman is super well written in this superhero because I feel like are hard to follow the thread it is more like the overarching threat and yeah. the motivations between that and then how John is responding to it. But I do I think Tom yeah. Taylor writes a really good Superman stuff. I'm gonna give this one a 7.0. I was tempted to do 7.5, but the art I think is just really fine and not a style I particularly <laughs> like and. Uh, And I was trying to be a little bit more like, okay. basically all of my books this week felt like they fell between a 7.5 and like an 8.5. So I was trying to push things to spread them a little bit. And um,
0: Superman took the brunt of it's fine. He can he can take it. He's a he can take
1: it. There's another seven on my list that I was like, is it a 7.5? That's
0: that's interesting because I like the art. There's panels in here that I really, really, really like, like the whole thing in Costa Rica where he rescues the little girl in the rain. And the the panel where he's saving the people from the flood. I thought that was an awesome panel showing just how fast he moves and how he's how he's flying in and out of the buildings and stuff.
1: Yeah, um, I, I don't think that the way that they tell the story is poor. It's just very like 90s, angular, sharp, bold, primary house, muscly house. Like it's just yeah. there's not a uniqueness to it in any way.
2: Yeah, yes. and the main thing I don't like about the art is actually the faces. And on that page, there's not that many faces that mm. are that are central to the, the page. That's fair.
1: But not bad, just unremarkable. A book that I gave a very high score to, and when I made my scores, I assumed it was my highest of the week, but then I found another book that actually had the same score. Primordial, number three, Jeff Lemire, Andrea Sorrentino now, because of <clears throat> the cyber hacking, the, uh, the machinations of the bad folks diamond got hacked and threatened <laughs> and threatened cyber security is important and because of that uh, our diamond books were delayed i could have just said it was because of the flood i don't know but uh who knows
0: because really? diamond books
1: were delayed we got them late roman didn't get this one so um django and i are going to talk about this i didn't realize that going into this so apologies but this was maybe my favorite book of the week Um, This has been following the primordial book by Lemire and Sorrentino, and that's the the monkeys that got sent to space, as well as Laika, who disappeared, actually got taken to some kind of crazy white space beyond our reality, and... uh,
0: It's we 3 1963 in
1: space. It's but it's also so good. I've liked both issues of this series, but this was the one to me that really people would show up and I would remember them. And I remembered motivations. And Mm -hmm. this was where it all kind of like started to gel and feel like a story that didn't take any working to remember or fit together. He's so good at that. Jeff Lemire,
0: Jeff Lemire. Like if you, if you told me what happened in this issue, I would think you could do that in 10 pages tops. And this book didn't feel like a tiny amount of story. It felt like a whole lot of story, and it felt it felt like a like a full on comic book. But when I think back on it, like it's just really well paced, sparse
1: plot. It is also yeah, like sparsely written as well. Roman, yeah. did you read this? Yeah, I got this. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we got this on Tuesday.
0: That is not true.
2: But it doesn't oh. matter. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was but it you ended read up- this one? Yeah, it, it came home with me on Tuesday. I could have sworn. I don't know. But yeah, I read it. Um, okay, cool. Well then monkeys and dogs, eh? Pretty
1: good. I know you and I like animals.
2: Yes. M's and D's. <laughs> Isn't that a drug? Um <laughs> I did. This this one, last issue and this issue are my favorite ones of the series. Yeah. Um, God, especially in the part when the the one I forget the monk the two monkeys' names. Um mm, yeah. but when the one monkey gets its its kind of intellectual boost and it has that <clears throat> able far, that far out scene in the middle um, yeah the big change <laughs> Django, how did you deal with this scene
1: literally having a mobius strip sequence in it i know you don't like those
0: what i did is i chuckled and thought we're going to talk about this on the podcast and i uh-huh. ought to think of something funny to say about it uh-huh. and that's what i settled on i chuckled and i
2: you don't like mobius strip? i thought you i thought you did like mobius strips
0: i fucking hate mobius strip scenes roman it was it was promethea that
2: done me in it's a pretty but, common motif in comics. But then you yeah. come around and you end up liking Mobius strips because, <laughs> because they're Mobius strips. <laughs> oh, oh, Roman. I,
0: my big problem is that the way that they're walking in the center panel does not put them at the top. The reading order's all. Wrong.
2: Actually, that one that did throw me a little off. It too, did like, well. wait a minute, they're going it the wrong way. Well. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yep, yeah. They, they should end more up, from Andrea. Yeah, they too. should end up upside down, but you know, facing downwards. Mm-hmm. How about the scene?
1: Downward in the- facing
0: dog, if you will in yes. the middle where he
1: does get, like the, the monkey gets the enlightenment where it takes it away for us, you know, saying. Uh, just, I couldn't help but think about the script page for that. Just uh, no text, monkey sitting on white pillar of infinite void, com- com- surrounded by geometric shapes, all with different variations of light. I don't yeah. know what, like, yeah. what, think about the script there.
0: <laughs> I I would imagine that at this point, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino probably have a relationship that just lets Jeff say, you know where this is going. Give us, give us the spaceship with the monkey.
1: What do you think happened on the final page? What's that thing that they're looking at in the infinite white space behind below space?
0: I don't know, but I like I like that shape and those colors a lot less than I liked the other representations of ooky, spooky
1: space things well, i feel like that is this is like maybe a map or something anyway mm. or now we're now we just hypothesizing stories but it seems like it's got uh mm. elevations and stuff yeah it seems on. like
2: it's it, uh, to me it had a hint of a of a ship and, and going back to earth i was assuming that was representing earth with the mountains and things
1: i hope they go back to earth because i really want to see these this dog get home to its person One.
2: i was re- go ahead oh i was really curious in this because the, they get the big change and then they're smart and everything. But I was really curious because when Leica expresses what she thinks of as home, it's the Russian scientist woman that took right. care of him. And then all three of them confer what they think of as home and it shows the earth. And it's like, wow, wait, well, I want to know how these monkeys and dog have a concept of earth do you ever read flowers
0: for algernon roman this is just flowers for algernon in space with dogs
2: oh god it's gonna end tragically then yeah they're gonna get (laughs)
0: they're gonna get their implants removed and and then you're not gonna be you're not gonna know if you should be sad because they made it home but they're not smart anymore or if you should be happy that they're not dead
1: spoilers for flowers for algernon and all the comments (laughs) we're talking about this week um (laughs) what was your score for primordial mine was a nine the feels that they packed into this book, and my love for what they're able to do with the storytelling, and Andrea Sorrentino's particular art style is just unlike anybody else's. And it's nice to see this much Andrea Sorrentino with the lights turned on.
2: I think mine. Uh, oh uh, good, no, ah uh, ah uh, uh. not gonna. Uh, um, I think mine was probably an eight point five. Leica's my favorite. I wanted more Leica. Me too. I'm more like Leica, there. less monkey. Mm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say
0: nine. Also, Jeff yeah. Lemire just gets under my skin, and Andrea Sorrentino
2: always always
0: always impresses me even when i can see the photoshop trickery he uses i'm i'm impressed with the process rather than irritated that i can see through it
1: django on the cover of robin's number one uh which is the book that we're going to be talking about next which is written by i believe tim Tim seeley Seeley, baby trying to find Oh, and then art by Baldemar Rivas on the cover. It says round Robin DC winner. Do you know what that is? I don't do you? No, I don't. Would you mind looking it up while I I'll talk? Just, I he... want to know what yeah. that is and what this book is uh, related to. This is, I don't know why Tim Seeley is writing this. He's a fine writer. He's been around for a long time. <laughs> seems like they could have had some new blood come in here, but it is called Robins on the cover. It has. Five Robins. It does not have, oh, I guess that girl Cassandra Kane was never a Robin, so that makes sense. But it's got Stephanie Brown and then the, the four boy Robins Damien, Jason, Dick, and Tim. And it is a story about the five of them. Something comes up. It's like a bad guy. It's going to be tied into the history of Robins. They are attacked and that's somebody I don't know hunting down like who the first person they fought Batman with was and then they all hang out and have a meeting and talk about whether or not it was actually good to have been a Robin and on Wednesday I had this as my pick of the week and Sean was like yeah I didn't really care for that and I was I was like yeah what is this book like what what do I think is good about this book and I don't think from the standpoint of the three of us who talk about new comics critically and analyze art and stuff that this book is a super good or high scoring book. But what I do think it did really well was showed us five different Robins and gave them all a very specific and unique voice and look. And I do think that we take for granted how much we know as people who work in comic shops. And I think that the average person that walks into a comic shop would be pretty stunned to hear that there have been five Robins. Mm. What I think this does really well is gives you a crash course on something that is actually pretty confusing and the time frames of it and what happened to all of them and the continuity shifts that have been around them so I think that this book is awesome to exist for that specific reason is at some point we're going to have a six issue paperback that can give ideally people a crash course and who these folks are instead of having to confusingly point to different trade paperbacks or issues at the cash register while somebody asks a question about wait how many robins are there so that's my pitch on this book i'm excited to hear everybody else's thoughts especially if you've got that round robin winner thing
0: yeah so apparently the round robin fan tournament tournament was a fan vote that ran from march through june Uh uh-huh um to select a new DC miniseries. There were four total ro- rounds, and the final matchup came down to Robins and Suicide Squad 7, a book featuring Harley Quinn and a strange new Suicide Squad. This is all new to me.
1: I feel yeah, like... They've done other online voting things. Remember that one, like, Mark Russell written one, where it was, like, all the... You're the villain. The villain. Yeah, like, they've... I didn't know that was... There's- they were actually uh, votes online. They've been they've been doing some amount of it, but I we it would be nice to shoot out a message to them. As, that we would like to be included in some capacity.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um, I I want to hear Roman talk about this before I tell you guys what I
2: thought about it. Um, much like Jeff, I I like seeing all the Robins together and them them uh, around the dinner table talking about their Robin times. I like that. I, li- I like the ending with this mystery about this this new villain who's claiming to be. At least in her head, the very first Robin, which we all know isn't true, because that was Dick Grayson. Um, but she's got a cool, she's got a cool costume, and curious about that. I, I kind of was also like, well, why does this exist? Because this could just be, you know, three issues of of Tales of the Dark Knight or something. Or that's a great point. Or that Batman anthology eight dollar book. Um, well, but this way we'll be able to have this Robin's paperback. Yeah, you know, like it's it's. <laughs> yeah. so I, though, I got a. I did not like the art in this. I didn't either. <laughs> was
0: yeah. it was it uh, Nightwing's thighs on page 4 that made you stop reading this comic? Cuz That's hair. pretty much where I turned <laughs> into just flipping through the pages and not reading.
1: <laughs> he's wearing a shadow shirt at one point. No, he's he wearing is? That's
0: the Gotham football team the, the Gotham Rogues.
1: I feel like we've talked about this like 2 years or 3 years ago on the podcast, but their logo is like the shadow
0: yeah, it bugs okay. me every time I see it, because okay. it definitely looks like the shadow.
1: Oh, wow, it sure does, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's got to be an homage, right? Like a reference? Yeah. You guys um, know about references?
1: It. Yeah, I, I think it's useful, I appreciate its existence, and I do think that it will be a really cool tool to give people who are at all curious about the differences and histories of the Robins... Uh, something to have when this is all done as a paperback collection I think that's what I'm more excited for so my score is kind of weighted in in I don't know if I hope that makes sense like, I I think it's more useful than it is high quality but I don't think it's bad but I, I, I do think it's I think it makes sense people would have voted for this I don't know why Tim Seeley is writing it but it's I think we take for granted the amount of continuity there is with Batman stuff that seems intimidating to people so what did you give it um ten. No, I'm just kidding. Uh seven point five.
0: I really like the character design for the bad lady Robin at the end. Yep. And I hated every other second that I read of this book. <laughs> yeah. I I was actively angry at it until I stopped reading the words and just flipped through looking for something that didn't piss me off. Um I give it a three and a half. Hell yeah. <laughs> I wanted to like it because I like I like a lot of the Robins and that costume design at the end is awesome but yeah it just it just really did not work for me.
1: Oh yeah. I, yeah, like I don't yeah. I don't think it's like, I didn't think I don't about think it's good.
0: I didn't think about it from from the perspective of it doing a good job like telling you who the robins are and why they are. I didn't even read that part of it. <laughs> um but but I I I can appreciate that and I might I might change my mind on the score if I read it from a different perspective, but for me, I hated it.
2: Hell yeah. Roman, what was your <laughs> score for it? Uh I'll try and go somewhere between you two and give it a six point five. Oh yeah.
1: Um the 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 slipper surprise. Hey, get that fish out of my face. The slipper surprise this week is that supergirl number five is going to be talked about now. I've slipped it in between
2: those two things. Oh my
1: god. Roman, Ceng, in- I hope you're ready.
2: I'm surprised. Did you read this slippery bastard here? Um, yes, I did. I read it on my broke, my break at work yesterday.
0: So this whole series has just basically been one issue adventures and little, I don't know, like little short stories about adventures that Supergirl is having with this young lady while they're trying to find the, the bad guy that killed, killed her dad. And a lot of times we see soup, like Supergirl pretty weak, um, because she's in these space situations that are no good for her powers Um, and she's she's kind of playing it cool when they're in public and solving things without her powers a lot of times and in this issue right after they find the bad guy he uses this magic that has an amazing conceit about how you get this powerful magic ability but he uses it to send them to a planet that somebody had used a long time ago to trap Superman with a green Sun that makes Superman and, and Supergirl sick and it's full of monsters. And so Supergirl and her traveling companion have to figure out how to survive the day. And Supergirl's like, yeah, when Superman was here, he said it was the worst thing ever, and he almost died. Uh, He said it was the closest he'd ever been to dying, and uh, he was here for 45 minutes. The girl's like, well, we have like seven hours before the sun sets, nobody's coming to save us. (laughs) And just like Supergirl being so weak, and the very first thing that she has to do is stop like a Brontosaurus from stepping on them. That was that was an awesome page turn. And yeah. then to have the the girl save them from dinosaur kind of monsters and I don't know, man. The, this book is just so good. So so colorful.
2: Yeah, every issue is good. And and this one particularly, it's such a great setup. It's like, you know, various classic westerns and adventure movies and things where this great setup with the main person is dying and the other than the supposedly weaker one has to keep them alive and i love the fact and w- will elmer maybe you can do this um i didn't look up if this planet because they even named the planet what issue of superman that first showed up in yeah but yeah but yeah it's got mm-hmm. a and i don't know how this works exactly its sun is is green it's full of kryptonite so the wait <laughs> they have to wait until the sun goes down, so Supergirl's powers will be back enough that they, she can fly him off planet. And I don't know how <laughs> kryptonite gets into solar radiation because when kryptonite just burn up if it was thrown into a star. But <laughs> yeah, but uh, but never mind that. And I lo- and yeah, like you said, I love that the villain in the first pa- couple pages when he hits them with this the Mordru globe to transport them across the galaxy, and Mordru is one of the Legion superheroes' classic villains. And it's like I like that call out. But yeah, the action just... And it's dinosaurs. I mean, cool, weird space dinosaurs with lots of great suspense. Though I kept on wondering, well, how come just pull Supergirl over and like push her into that little ravine so she's in the shade? I mean, (laughs) get her out of the direct sunlight.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that too, but, you know, maybe maybe the directness of the sunlight doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. You know, you'd I have mean, to cover her up completely. And
2: Yeah, I'm hoping they'd try and find a cave or something. But... Yeah, she's busy the, fighting dinosaurs. Yeah, and the fact that Superman was only there for 45 minutes and he didn't even save himself. The Justice League showed up to save him.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't, uh, man, all the things that I'm thinking about saying are, are really sexual, and I don't want to say sexual things about Tom <laughs> King, but I just can't stop. If you know what I mean.
2: You, I do know what you mean, though. And I agree. He's so good. Yeah, yeah, this is great. I mean, they could have called this strange adventures and it would have fit, too. Yeah, yeah.
0: I love the the serial nature of it. You don't have to read. Jeff, you could pick this issue up and you could read this issue without having read the rest of it. It's it's just little tiny adventures with with a through line.
1: I'm going to read it. I don't
0: don't believe (laughs) you, but I I think you could at least read this one and, and not. Not feel like you have four other issues to read.
1: Yeah, um, read the first.
0: Okay, this is even better than the first. I'm I'm giving this one a ten. Oh, Ooh, wow, sweet! It's the opposite of Robin's. In Robin's my estimation.
2: I'll give Supergirls a geez, at least a nine and a half. Maybe this is my 10 for the week. Wait. You already did 10, so I'll do nine and a half.
1: Oh, Roman, wow. You coward. You just <laughs> teased a friend in need. <laughs> hey, Django, you remember that book that we read a while ago, Psychodrama Illustrated? No.
0: Yeah, the one by uh, Gilbert Hernandez? Yes. Yeah, that was a weird comic.
1: That was a weird comic. I
0: read, I don't know if, I, I don't know how many you read, but I feel like I read three or four or five. I think I read three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, Terrible and compelling.
1: I uh it's that was just such a bizarre thing. And Hernandez is spoken about with such deference. I had to like, you know, anything he or his brother puts out, I'll try and read. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the people I love love him. And there was a weird, compelling thing about it, even though it was just weird. Yeah. This week a book called Happy Hour in America came out, and I felt about it the way I felt about that. Except this one had super incredible art that I don't know how to describe. It is so weird, but it looks like a Charles Burns or a Daniel Klaus looking art. Mm-hmm. It's black and white. It is particularly, it's like two stories and there's like 10 pages in the middle of like fake action figure model kit ads from it's the so 60s awesome. and it's all labeled and there's all this insane text and like very Chris Ware-esque uh-huh. yeah. and it's all about this Steve McQueen action figure model kit and the bulk of the issue which is silent largely is about Steve McQueen in <laughs> The Mobbing Birds and it's Steve McQueen going to a hotel and texting somebody Getting some potato chips. Getting some chips. Gorgeous (laughs) thoughts of nature. Cleaning a car. Trying to text somebody. Somebody comes in, punches him, and leaves him on the floor. And that's the end of that. And then there's this other story (laughs) at the
0: end. He watches some Seinfeld, too, for one. He watches
1: Seinfeld. (laughs) I don't know what this is. (laughs) I found out there is an issue one that we were able to get. So I ordered some. Because I think the art is incredible. But also it is such great art for something that doesn't make any sense to me yeah i i hope that issue one elucidates uh, illustrates clears up um what this is in any way but maybe it won't and i'm fine with that too
0: yeah i don't i don't hope that at all i'll allow it but i, yeah. I don't care this this issue this is about as perfect as a comic can be, I think.
1: And the backup story is this hyper bizarre people to drive <laughs> in and somebody's scared of something and then it goes missing. And it's just surreal. But also like the the page that's just a full shot in the first story of like a mountain in, you know, like Nevada or wherever they are. With the oil rig. Yeah. Yeah. is And like... One of the best pages I've seen in the last couple of weeks of comics. It's one of my favorite pieces of art in a comic. It's just, I love it. It's so weird. And did Steve McQueen ever use a cell phone? I mean,
0: maybe. I guess we don't know.
1: We don't know. Uh, so, this, so
0: it's by Tim Lane. Is that right? Yeah. It's the creator's name and yeah. published by Fantagraphics.
1: Yeah. So it, this and, is like very Fantagraphics feeling.
0: Yeah. And the, the, the thing that's easy to gloss over is this... It's two, four, six, eight, ten pages of an ad for a model kit, including like an exploded view of the model and where you would glue all the different pieces together, like the back of Steve McQueen's head that the post goes into the hole and then you glue it together. It's it's very earnest.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I that's that's the thing about like this comic should be absurd and it's it's feels very serious and I I don't really know how to take it.
1: Exactly. And the cover is a wraparound cover, but it's a pretty incredible piece of art. Yeah. So it's not that often that something comes out and just totally stumps me, but this one did. And so I needed you to read it.
0: I read it and I loved it and I want to read all of the rest of it.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. So we've got some issue number ones coming in and, I don't know what else you think we're going to find
0: out if uh, Steve McQueen's pouring out water or piss in, in the center panel on like page
1: five. I can't even fathom beginning to try and predict what anything around contextually this issue is, or could be
0: just this shot of him cleaning out his car and throwing uh, like a, like a coffee cup full of cigarettes out to the wind. It's like Jeff Darrow meets Chris Ware, but better than that could ever be.
1: Yeah, so for all these reasons, I give it an eight. Is that high enough? I don't know. Everything about this confuses me in a way that makes me want everyone to come and look at it.
0: I mean, I could see an argument for a, a perfect ten, but I, I know I can't I quite do that.
1: I can't quite either, because I don't I appreciate it, but I think that there's somebody out there that is like, This is the best thing that I've ever read in my entire life.
0: I'm gonna give it a nine. Yeah. It's yeah, it, it is. It's special.
1: Well, I'm so glad that you got a kick out of it as well.
0: Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you handed it to me. I This was totally off my radar, um, probably because I just trust you to hand me bizarro shit.
1: Yep. Um, okay, so this is the one that was off Roman's radar, which was Radio Apocalypse. This was Vault Comics. This is written by Rom V. Um, art by Anad R.K., colorist Anisha, and letterer is Aditya Bidikar, who we've seen quite, quite a bit of. The... Thing that I was most excited to talk to you guys about this comic book and on this was that on the front page, which like below the credits in relatively small font, so probably pretty easy to miss. It says, Dear reader, this comic was written to music playing over speakers, sometimes on vinyl, others remembered on CDs and audio cassettes. This story was told while tunes and words and image uh, were twining in an in inseparable blah blah blah. Um, I want you to find that sonic. Uh, I want you to find a song on your iPod or phone or computer, uh, wherever you listen to music, when anyone in this comic book is listening to a song or there's a song indicated on it. So he's basically like guilt tripsy you saying like music was a part of this creation. If I'm going to give you a good story, you got to agree to go like find it on your thing and listen to it while you're reading things. Lots of things have done like, hey, at the end of this comic, there was a playlist that this was tied to. Um, My name is Matthew Rosenberg. Rosenberg or even Murder <laughs> Falcon guy, you know, yeah. like. Um, and then other times it's like we, we it's already the playlist is on Spotify, or other time everyone does it kind of a different way. But what this is basically done is there are pages where there's like a record on a table and it says Muse Blackout. So I was like, all right, fine. And I got my phone out and I listened to it while I read. And it only happens two times in this issue.
0: Okay, good. Uh, we're on the same page.
1: Yep. Um, so even maybe more than the issue itself, I was curious, just everyone's thoughts on that mechanism and the music and podcast. sorry, the music and comic book overlap thing. And I don't know, like, it just seemed like a an area that the story itself is sort of a post. Well, you can give me the pitch in an armpit. Could you?
0: You want, you want me to pitch this armpit?
1: Armpit, pitch me.
0: Uh, so if you're hanging out in an armpit. And somebody comes into the armpit with you and you got just the time it takes to get from the arm to the pit to explain it. It's a <laughs> post-apocalyptic world. After dark, some sort of cancery, slippery-looking meat dogs come out. And so you don't want to be on the outside of the walls of the little villages and encampments. Uh, mostly, we're following some people in an encampment and a couple of people who are trying to get from um, outside to the inside but one of them's got a fucked up leg and they get they get separated because it's almost dark and one of them runs into the, the place and they have a conversation over the radio um before it seems like the one of them doesn't do well outside of the the gates
1: very succinct um, right from the wrist to the armpit i love yep, it
0: armpit town
1: um uh, well done
0: i thought the art was really interesting sometimes kind of hard to grok
1: that is exactly how I felt. It within the first like three or four pages, I did feel like I don't know if I like this. It reminded me of like um Tocini's art, the guy who did low. Uh-huh. and did a chunk of Remender's X-Force run which is like so ethereal and kind of wavy that it nothing really feels like it exists in a physical space. Bits of a,
0: it felt like Paul Pope with the table being shook while he draws.
1: Yeah, there's like a particularly a part where like somebody falls and gets squished by a bookcase and that mm-hmm. whole part is very confusing to follow.
0: But also like some Sean Murphy kind of faces. There's there's a there's a probably in- four four distinct styles in here that, gross that exaggerations
1: of like yeah body perspective but yeah. by about halfway through i was really enjoying it it, it was mm-hmm. just sort of it took a degree of like needing to familiarize yourself with the language and then it was it was very yeah. good um
0: okay so jeff yeah we read comics at different speeds yes i put on that muse song as soon as it came up yeah i wouldn't have done it if you hadn't told me that 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 was a cool thing to do I didn't
1: even necessarily say it was cool. It was just saying it asked us to do it. So I assumed that you wouldn't. No, I assumed Roman wouldn't. I thought you might. And I was going to be the one that did.
0: I normally wouldn't. Mm -hmm. But since you pointed it out, because I'm not reading two sentences in in the the inside. It was a paragraph. I I,
1: I bailed out of reading it all on this podcast and then got kind of (laughs)
0: lost. So I put on the Muse song and played it one and a half times before I got to the Bruce Springsteen song which I played half a time before I got to the end.
1: Okay, so I read a lot slower than you. I played the Muse song and then had several pages and minutes of silence until I then got to the Tom, okay. Bruce Springsteen one. And that one lasted me right about till the end.
0: Okay, okay. Interesting. I, 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 go, go ahead.
1: Well, so in the world where you can be like creating a Spotify playlist for listeners to listen to or put it in the back or even be just like J.H. Williams III to make a long list of the albums that you're listening to, I think that this is the most interesting way to do it because instead of just having a list, there's an interactive component. You're Mm -hmm. looking for these references to find them. I also think that it works for the flow of reading a lot better because it leaves space for, if you are a slow reader, the song ends, but there's these sync up points where it tells you what to listen to because the reference is hidden there. Mm -hmm. So you got to find it. Whereas if I'm a slow reader and I've got the playlist on you know, I'm going to be at a very different spot at the end of the issue than other people were. So the whole aspect mm-hmm. of it syncing up doesn't work as well. So I think this is a really good mechanism for that. And I think the issue itself wouldn't have been nearly as interesting to me if it weren't for that aspect of interaction or engagement that it was, you know, causing me to have with it. So I, you know, I, I would have probably been like yeah it was a fine issue we read a lot of issue number ones on this podcast and and mm-hmm. i would say it was fine but the the act of like this level of like looking for songs and seeing how they sync up is something that's got me excited to actually read more of it that being yeah. said um i would have loved like one more instance of it in here yep. like three yep. like two um, seems like a little like i don't know but
0: i wonder if we didn't miss one buddy
1: yeah possibly because he
0: specifically says like if anyone references it or like a background or you know yeah um,
1: possibly i i went through it again afterwards and looked for it and didn't see any but there could be like visual metaphorical you know like i don't know people red shoes i don't know there's there
0: there, i think this is a really cool idea i think that it for me it added a second layer of judgment yep when i'm reading it because I, i don't know that Muse song well enough to be reading it and not also listening to the music. If it had been a Tom Waits song, that would have been background sound to me and I would have understood the mute, the the mood. But having to have that chosen for me as a song that I don't necessarily know was, uh, I don't know, I, I I just feel like it's an extra level of unpredictability for Ram V to, to be writing for. And I I don't know if that's good or bad, but it it just, it seemed bold to me.
1: I totally agree. I think that the way that I was processing it is that it kind of adds a level or a layer of separation between me and the act of reading the comic, because Mm -hmm. I'm also now, because I also had not, I didn't know either of the songs. So it, I was simultaneously processing music and then processing the comic and then processing the experience of having the music with the comic. And yeah. sort of evaluating, do I think this is a good song for it? What do I think he thinks this song means? To, like all of it, mm-hmm. um, ultimately, increase the amount of processing, like meta-processing, I was doing of the comic, and and I kind of struggle with my ADD, whatever, um, causing me to be thinking about non-comic book related things while I'm reading comics. As it is, did so. you
0: did you just get impatient talking about ADD
1: and try to abbreviate it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, um, I question the idea of people combining comics and music together for you because I'm also pretty set, like distracted by words in music. I listen to right. instrumental stuff while I read, but so that the words were distracting. So that is a whole, was oh, a whole thing I'm still on, but I think this is the best instance of doing it uh, that I've come across yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I give it a nine for the combined experience.
0: I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I, like um, I think I would probably read two or three issues of this even without the gimmick. Yeah. And I, I don't mean gimmick in a bad way. No, I no, don't. Yeah. Um, but it's it's definitely uh, even without the added value of being told what to listen to while I read it. Jeffrey's in the basement mixing up the piss drink. I'm in the spaceship listening
1: to... Hoobastank stank. <laughs> um, okay, everybody. It's time, it's time now to move to a different portion of the podcast. I hope that you are ready for it. Roman, do you know what it is? The movie portion. No. <laughs> the, the movie shots.
2: Let's do movie shots. I didn't say poll yet. Oh, <laughs> Roman. Roman. He's quick. Poll.
1: Yeah. Also, an audio sound I made like two years ago, but that uh, topically <laughs> is from Cowboy Bebop. So I guess it's yeah. oh. huh. um, cool. Yeah. Interesting. Um, it's bookshot time. Django, my phone's battery is low, but oh. I'm going to do you a favor, my friend. And it is it's to set up a timer for you to have one minute to talk about comics that you want, because it's Buckshots, where we stuff as many or as few comics into a solo discussion as we want. Django, your time is starting now. Go.
0: Jeffrey's in the basement fixing up his battery. Four I'm seconds. A, upstairs reading <laughs> Gun Honey. Uh, I read Gun Honey number three, and uh, this is a really it's a really good comic with a really unfortunate premise. Uh, the idea <laughs> is that there's this super duper hot chick who smuggles guns into places and we see her boobs a lot um and it's it's just a pretty solid crime noir um with more more nipples than uh than most of them um and we're we're stuck with uh we're stuck with lots of super sexy covers and it's kind of a turn off for people but uh yeah this i like it a lot uh moon knight number five i'm still reading moon knight And uh, it's also pretty good, although we get a weird, um, what is that noise? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Refrigerator full of heads was good, too.
1: (laughs) Roman, I may have also added a couple of your nose whistles on here. Oh, goody.
2: That's what those are? I thought you were doing some kind of of DJ scratch in there.
0: Do we have a subtle nose whistle?
2: um i thought i thought jeff was just, just got too much background noise i thought he was too. just doing some lines at first
1: <laughs> um i have a lot of audio files of roman playing. it's pretty rad it's actually one of my most proudest collections at this point um is it my turn to go yeah it's your turn and, and oh, who's, is it?
0: <laughs> who's gonna uh who's gonna do the soundboard while you're talking Chatter yeah, down
1: did, did that throw you off? I thought you really lot. liked it. Yeah. I like It threw me off a lot. You
0: got 90 seconds. Go. <laughs>
1: I thought it was 60 seconds. Oh, no uh, wonder.
0: I only right, well, we can
1: chat for 30 seconds. Dark Ages is really good. I do want to like it a little bit more than I do. It's just a little uh, it doesn't it hasn't really quite quite cracked the number of uh the uh number of uh Tom Taylorisms that I think make a good make a good issue but anyway it's it's good but it it doesn't quite have the the heft (laughs) the heft the weight (laughs) of what you would want to do legends of the dark knight number seven this one's got carl mostert art which is as close as you can get to frank quietly without actually having frank quietly which is a pretty fantastic feat for anyone to have we saw him on dc's unkillables he hasn't done a lot of stuff since then but it is a pretty fantastic art style i'm a fan of it nightwing wrapped up this is the fear state tie-in it wrapped up the fear state tie-in uh i don't know how well fear state did but this had a introduced kind of a new character who's been around which is like the the you know the oracle not oracle and I think it's going to be one of the threats in the Batgirls series that's coming out. And I really like uh, the art in that Batgirls series. We've been getting those terrible uh, ads for the back of everything lately. So I think we should all check out Batgirls and Nightwing did a pretty good job of tying into a book or event that was not good and being good. Eat the Rich is a good book.
0: You're not done. You got Uh, my 90 seconds.
1: I got an extra 30 seconds from you. So it's not fair. Jesus.
0: Uh, I just got a text from Erica in the other room. She does not appreciate my ASMR. So you're going to have to man your own soundboard from now
1: on. Oh, you know who else wasn't a fan of your ASMR? <laughs> this guy. That's a Roman that was
2: That was so distracting. I couldn't even hear what Jeff was saying. I know. I had no idea what he was saying.
0: Yeah. I was busy giving Erica an ASMR experience from two rooms away. <laughs>
2: oh my
1: <laughs> okay yours is a lot louder all right okay you yeah, it is. you are a destructive force okay mine is just like a voice from on high i'm you like just... a bull
0: in a china cabinet
1: yeah
2: yeah he's okay roman he's the bat might of the store you get your minute now <laughs> go oh man uh dark hold you you talked about dark hold the main series dark hold the wasp was pretty awesome by jody Belair um who actually is writing it this time but it was a great kind of what if story basically where jan uh gets a good of horrible revenge on hank pym for beating her up um blue and gold number four this made me think of you so much Django, because it's it's uh kevin is it kevin mcguire brian sook and kevin mcguire and it's basically a rashomon issue of blue and gold where they're each taking turns telling how they think their first adventure with the jla went nice And it's hilarious. I mean, when boosters tell his version of the story, his version of Beatles bug, it's, it's got like crappy old smokestacks and it's sputtering and belching smoke. And there's like duct tape and missing limbs on it. And Beatles like, Hey, that's not what happened. Um, Wonder Woman evolution. Number one. This is the new a new wonder woman series by Stephanie Phillips, um, which was fine, but I really don't (laughs) like the art. (laughs) Everyone just looked at me. And then continued talking.
1: It <laughs> was my time up. Go fuck yourself, <laughs> um... <laughs> dude.
0: Roman, this uh, this Kevin McGuire. I, I I did bring this book home, but I haven't read it yet. It's got Kevin McGuire and Dan Jurgens art, which is <laughs> that is that is my Justice League right there, and yeah. also right after my Justice League because I really didn't care for the. the when Dan Juergens took over. Mm,
2: yeah. Yeah. That definitely. was right after Giffen left. Yeah. This was great. I think that that was definitely a, a, <clears throat> at least a nine for me. At least it a is nine inter- for you. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. This is a Wonder Woman book. She's wearing the Wonder Woman tiara that Frank Miller has her in in uh, what was the last Dark Knight series called Strikes Again. Oh, The Golden Child. Yeah. The gold. Yeah. The very last one. Yeah. Master she's Race, wearing-
1: Golden Child. Yeah. Master
2: Race. Yeah. She's wearing that one, which I thought was, oh, that's interesting. It's- only another time we've seen that tiara.
0: Roman's, a Roman's got a point. catalog of
2: Wonder Woman's tiaras. He does. I've, I've got a collection of Wonder Woman tiaras. <laughs> He's got a catalog because he orders them for his collection.
1: Yes. yes. I, I sleep in them. <laughs> Listen, if I focus on it real hard, I can tell that I'm about to get heartburn. <laughs> really? Aw. Yeah, it's, I can feel the beginnings. I can feel the cusp of it. The crisp, yeah, of it, if you will. The quisp.
0: <laughs> uh, did you guys ever watch, uh, did you ever watch Psych?
1: No, you. We've talked about psych so many times. God, one I used of the, to, I used to one
2: love of the that
0: ongoing uh, one of the ongoing jokes is that the main character always introduces his his companion with a different name. Hmm. And there's one episode that I remember watching with Max and Eli when they were like, you know, seven, eight, nine. And uh, there's he he introduces his buddy as B. <laughs> and it's it's just like the most straight faced. Stupid sound you can make with your mouth to give somebody a name, and uh, I was I was thinking about that today when I was I was also remembering you using words like quisp and was, well, there, there was something that that something that we said for a while on the podcast that was just like <laughs> a made up word quapo quapo <laughs> it was like quapo by Clithby.
1: <laughs> Wait, is quapo? <laughs> Quapo. Quapo. <laughs> that's not the 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 body part that's a part of you is it
0: that's a quato
1: that's a quato quapo, I
0: mean, quapo was like a little bit
1: <laughs> or just maybe a just anything. <laughs> um maybe andrew could tell us what a quapo was because was, it did come up a lot <laughs> that's weird i can't believe i knew what word you were talking about and we haven't said it in like a year and a half
2: and all right. you don't know
0: what the word means.
1: <laughs> it's a made up word. It's a sound. It's a sound. We're all made up, Jeffrey. On that note, we're going to get out of here because there's things that we all have to do. Like watch Cowboy Bebop or Saturday Night Live or, you know, make love. None of us are going to do that. Read, probably. Blue <laughs> Read blue and gold. Read yeah, blue and gold. And not
0: after that ASMR party. Not after had. this
1: <laughs> making love session we've just had for the last hour and 10 minutes together. I thank any listener who's here with us at this point. We'll see you all. Next week for episode 250, which will probably be a disappointment.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> should we do you want to get some famous people on for 250?
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right.
0: All right. Ro- I, I got Roman Statler's phone number.
2: Yeah, is it just gonna be Bob Dylan? <laughs> is
1: it just gonna be Bob Dylan? Like that wouldn't be the biggest <laughs> thing that's happened to any of us ever. Is it just gonna be Bob Dylan? All right, Superman
0: one time. Good game. I was up in the offices with Siegel and Schuster when it happened, actually. <laughs> Most of the time. Hey, I, I, before we go, can I get one wiggle out? Yeah. I saw Eternals. Oh. In Eternals, oh. somebody references Superman. Yeah. Which means that the DC Universe is stories in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Or it means that Disney's buying DC. And so, this is that
1: know. thing that you do at your <laughs> questions at the end of like, if this were this in this, what would it be? <laughs> it
0: it was my favorite part of the movie
1: how did you like the design of the celestials
0: i thought it was pretty good i'd like them to be more robot less meteor but yeah uh eight eyes four on each side good enough for me glowing
1: don't they have odd numbers eyes a lot of the time whatever
0: it is that that main one i really really liked
1: yeah um on that note, thanks for listening. You can get us a podcast email or an audio file, and we would love you to do that. You can email it to us at jeff at the com. It's my work email, it's tied to this podcast.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you okay there? <laughs>
1: i burped when i said podcast <laughs> how's your heartburn it's coming <laughs> and uh, we would love that if you had thoughts on *Campbell bebop please let us know if you haven't watched the anime and you watch the show i want to hear your thoughts just like i tolerated jingo <laughs> <laughs> listen clinton me
0: you just take it down a quapo all right all right you
1: get the quisp <laughs> off my blanket um on that P-R-F. note, I am always Jeffrey.
2: And I am sometimes Roman.
0: I'm Django. I, you know. <laughs> guys, I was wondering, um, if you could give any superhero a different superhero slogan, what would it be?
1: <laughs> we'll see y'all That's next fucker. week. <laughs> um um roman you dance to a different beat what is the name of your childhood
2: street which one okay
1: you don't need to be an <laughs> asshole w okay. h oh, okay I- deal C- street h i farted damn it it's all falling apart i didn't uh, live on i
2: i wish i you, lived on i farted
1: street deal street <laughs> hey everyone start this thing let's, start this thing. <laughs> let's start this thing let's <laughs> start this <laughs> thing